today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Bill, that's well being proposed and soon to be voted on, we're told, by the Ontario Legislature, and that's Bill 161 here in the province of Ontario, which uh, essentially uh, is going to make it much more difficult, if not impossible, to sue negligent nursing homes. And that's not the only aspect of the bill. Uh, There's much more to this, too. But it's uh, causing an awful lot of angst, I think, with an awful lot of people these days. So uh, to try to get some uh, clarity on this, we're pleased to welcome to the program Charles Wright. Uh, Charles is a partner in Siskin's Law Firm, uh, which is very, very intimately acquainted with this legislation, shall we say, uh, because of some of the work they've done on this. Charles, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us here today. No problem. Please assist if I can. Well, let's uh, let's get delve into this here. Bill 161 officially is called the Smarter and Stronger Justice Act. Uh, I'm not so sure if it's smarter. Uh, it's certainly stronger. Uh, talk to us about your read on this and, and some of the, the pitfalls that may occur as a result. Well, it, it clearly is uh, instance of business influencing uh, the law. Um, the government embarked on a study of class actions, and they got advice from uh, lawyers for injured people, lawyers for companies, law professors, and all the various interests, and they obtained a series of recommendations. And then, with uh, banks and insurance companies and others pushing them, uh, they chose to go a different direction, and they chose to go in a uh, direction that would restrict access to the courts to regular people uh, and injured people and make it more difficult for them to uh, bring their claims. Um, and that's very unfortunate because what was being sought out was a, a balanced system, uh, not a youth-based system free-for-all, uh, but not a, a really restrictive system either. And so I think uh, most Canadians would say balance is where we like to be, and that was what was being sought out, but not where the government wanted. Well, and there lies the problem. Uh, those that have had a look at this, and some of the people that may be impacted by this, by the way, who may have loved ones in some of these facilities, for instance, uh, I, I agree, what a balanced system, but they feel as if this legislation tips the scales in favor of, of the owners of these facilities as opposed to uh, a fairness where, you know, both sides are going to be heard. Uh, it does. Now, I would say this. The, the legislation was a move in the wrong direction. But the terms of the legislation still need to be interpreted by the courts. Uh, and our courts do have a history, uh, fortunately, of uh, operating rather fairly. And when a group of uh, sympathetic, uh, injured individuals appear before them, and there is legislation that has not yet been interpreted, those are circumstances where uh, a court might be inclined uh, to interpret the new legislation in such a manner as to make it possible for these people to bring their cases. Lawyers often say good good facts make good law, and certainly people in the long-term care facilities will be a sympathetic group. Is there a concern here, though, in, within <laughs> some areas of the legal community, though, Charles, about the, the, the trend that's happening here? For instance, I know that in things like personal injury law, I mean, they've set the bar much higher for people to actually qualify for to, to be, you know, deemed as catastrophic and, and therefore, you know, uh, available to have, you know, some of the things that should come their way anyway as a result of a, a catastrophic injury. Uh, in a similar fashion, there's a feeling here that what they're doing is setting the bar much higher than it is now uh, to make it virtually impossible for people that, that want to pursue the legal action against some of these entities uh, because of the, the standards that they've set here. Well, it, it is concerning. Um, 
I wouldn't say it's virtually impossible, but it is concerning. And and for me, the concern is that it's it's just clearly political. And so I think we would all like to have a justice system that evolves over time and meets the needs of society. But having one that gets changed depending on the party in power and those who have influence, uh, so you never really know where you sit or what the law is, um, is, I, th- I think, not what Canada would think of for its legal system and, and not what Ontario would think of. And, and Ontario, on the class actions in particular, they're they're getting completely out of step with the rest of Canada. So these changes that are being made here are not being made anywhere else. <clears throat> and so you end up with uneven law, and you end up with people choosing what jurisdiction they want to bring their claim in. Um, and again, none of that is desirable. I think the Ford government gave in to certain powers, um, and and there, there really isn't a, a good sound basis for it. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the legal weeds here, but the, for, for the sake of our listeners, there are a couple of phrases there that jumped out at me, Charles, but maybe you could clarify for us. Uh, and and it, it again goes to the intent of, of what this legislation is here, uh, basically showing that uh, the plaintiffs will have to show that their common issues predominate the individual issues and that a class action suit is superior to any other forms of justice. Maybe you could explain what that clause means. Well, predomination and superiority are... Uh, phrases that have we've seen in the United States and and even in in some other provinces they have versions of it. Um, again, the 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 clear meaning of those phrases would seem to suggest or could suggest that where you have, for example, many different people in long term care homes at at different facilities with different staff members, different rules, different housing situations, maybe you can't have a class action. Um, I, I would say, though, that these words are going to have to be interpreted by the court, and the court could find that the care applied and the rules enforced and the ordering of PPE and, and all of that actually does predominate, and there is no other way for people to have their case, and therefore a class action is superior. This all comes back to, can these people bring their case as a class action, because and one individual case for one harmed individual is very expensive to bring in our courts, and everybody recognizes that. And if you had to go pay your own lawyer to do your own case, many people would just not bother. And so, again, the Bill 161 is, is just an attempt to uh, restrict where you can bring class actions, make it more difficult to bring class actions. And then I think the theory is if you do that, you will then limit the number of claims that will ever be brought. Bill is just having uh, some connection issues, so we're going to put you on hold, if that's okay. Sure. And we're going to see if we can get Bill back on the phone. And I think we are back. The Bill Kelly Show, 980 CFBL London, 900 CHML Hamilton. We apologize for the technical glitches. Uh, remote broadcasting as it is, of course, these things happen from time to time. And, uh, well, I think we've got the bugs out, and we'll try to carry on here with what we're doing. Uh, Charles Wright is with us, a partner in Siskins Law Firm. Uh, we're talking about uh, Ontario Bill 161 that uh, is, uh, well, soon to be voted on by the Ontario legislature. And the concern by a number of different people uh, is the restrictions that it may, in fact, put on, well, people like uh, those that want to sue 
two long-term care facilities. And this all stems from the, uh, the abhorrent behavior and, and, and treatment of some of the, the residents in long-term care facilities. And a number of organizations and families, that matter, were pursuing or at least talking about pursuing uh, legal action against some of these facilities, which would be, uh, as, uh, as Charles Wright told us, not impossible, but certainly more difficult if this legislation were to come to pass. Uh, Charles, I appreciate you hanging on. Thanks so much for your patience today. Uh, I, I asked you a question just before we kind of had our problems here uh, about those two major terms here, about predominant and superior, and the onus that that puts on, I guess, the people that want to bring action uh, to to try to prove their case, I guess, that, that this is worthy of, of this kind of an action. What kind of pressure does that put on the legal team and, and, and the person that wants to bring an action like this to try to, to, to show the court, I guess it is, that, 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 that this is worthwhile pursuing? Yeah, well, the um, the main thing for the team is, and I should clarify, the Bill 161 has actually been proclaimed into force. So that that is our, our law now. Yeah. And uh, we, the team dealing with uh, any of these cases, if they were filed after the law came in, uh, we'll have to deal with them. Now, but I would say uh, on the more positive side, um, and I, I hope this wasn't part of my answer before we went off the air, uh, but you'll, you'll tell me if I should move along. The, this is going to be a very sympathetic group. And so the courts, and it'll probably be not just the judge who hears the motion, but this will probably end up in the appeal courts because this law is going to have to uh, be interpreted and, and people are going to have to get some guidance. This is going to be a sympathetic group, and uh, courts uh, often will interpret uh, words that could be given various meanings uh, more favorably uh, to a sympathetic group. Lawyers often say good facts make good law, and so these would be good, sympathetic facts. Uh, I think people would understand that if each family had to bring their case individually, um, that would be an expensive thing, a time-consuming thing, and these cases are more likely to be heard if they're heard as a class action. And uh, given what the province and society has already uh, done uh, to these folks in long-term care homes, to then shut them out of the courts and say there's no way for them to have their day in court or obtain compensation uh, seems uh, like an unlikely outcome to me. So, um, but it'll take a few years of, of litigating and some judges are going to write some decisions and arguments are going to have to be made. And the best we can hope for is that uh, uh, some judges who are sympathetic to the, the claimants interpret uh, this law in such a way that it, it doesn't go too far in terms of taking away rights. Well, and there are precedents for that, aren't there? I mean, just because a legislature may actually pass legislation into law uh, does not necessarily mean it's carved in stone forever and a day. That uh, you know, I, I can think of the Harper government, for example, a few years ago uh, with their, what they called get tough on crime legislations and a number of different things that they passed in their majority parliament that were struck down by the courts. Uh, and they've had to revamp those. Even the Trudeau government's had to go back uh, to the drawing board with a couple of issues. So to your point, I guess, uh, the, the takeaway here is this is no by no means the end of the of the argument here is it well there's two different routes one is the question of how the courts will interpret this particular piece of law and again hopefully it won't be given a restrictive interpretation but also because this came about by political means um if there were a new government in power one day it may very well be undone uh, as well and we mm -hmm. may go back to 
the law as it was, which I would say was functioning perfectly well, and most people thought it was balanced, and it would bring us back into being consistent with other provinces. So um, I think that's all possible. For now, those of us who represent uh, victims and injured people need to do everything we can to assert their claims and try to bring them forward and do the best we can for our clients in the environment we've got. Uh, you mentioned that uh, that this is in play, but there were some legal actions that were started uh, before this was actually passed. Uh, this law, uh, are they grandfathered in? Can can those uh, those actions carry on? Those carry on, and this law does not apply to them. Um, so there there were cases brought um, previously, and so now, of course, the facts on long-term care homes, they just keep coming out and different things keep happening. So you may end up with a, a bit of a hodgepodge, some under the old system, some under the new system. Um, and it, it'll be complicated. That'll all have to be sorted out. Um, you know, the ownership of the different long-term care homes is, is different, obviously. And um, and what happened at each of them, the steps taken are different. So there's, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution here. I expect many years of litigation ahead and and a big part of it is people are going to want to know that the story they're going to want to know the facts they're going to want to know what happened and they're, and they're going to want some closure uh to the events well absolutely and and that's obviously got to be part of the the the, the goal here the stated goal in situations like this and i i know you mentioned that not too many of the jurisdictions if any ever do something like this but i know there's a similar uh, set of laws that were passed in the states and uh, there's the, the the now famous case of a uh, an employee at walmart a former employee at walmart that uh, was actually a class action lawsuit against walmart by a number of different people that suggested that black women were not being promoted and not being given the proper wages uh and they actually i guess when they passed those laws the, the information I've got here is that pretty much killed that lawsuit. Uh, but and again, I'm not sure of all the circumstances in that. But in, at least in Ontario, uh, what's already started will continue. And uh, obviously, this is going to apply to anything going forward from here. Uh, it will. Uh, I mean, keep in mind again, it's always a balancing. The U.S. laws on class actions have always been somewhat more restrictive uh, than uh, Ontario or Canada. Uh, but a balance there is the damage awards in their courts uh, can be much higher. So the long-term care home cases, for example, uh, a wrongful death in the United States might be a several million dollar case. Um, in Canada, it's probably a case worth tens of thousands of dollars. So you wouldn't really need a class action to do this case in the United States. Uh, if somebody is retained by 30 or 40 families, they would just bring 30 or 40 cases, and, and that would happen. And it might all be managed by a single judge, but um, those people would have their day in court. They would have access to justice. In Canada, our damage awards are much smaller, um, and our justice system, unfortunately, does not move as quickly. Uh, and so without the class action, you're really just not likely to see very many of these cases in court. Well, we're going to see the fallout of this in the uh, weeks and months ahead as uh, people have to make some decisions or maybe uh, rethink some of the decisions that they they wanted to pursue before this. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for the time. Again, apologize for the the technical glitch here, but we really appreciate your, your time and your input into this very important issue. No problem. Thank you for having me. Have a great sure. day. You betcha. Charles Wright, partner with Siskins Law Firm, uh, who are involved in some of those actions, of course, uh, with uh, families and loved ones of long-term care uh, 
residents who, well, sadly have suffered as a result of uh, government policies and the government policies towards uh, some of those private facilities, too. It's a quagmire of uh, illegal jumbo-jumbo that a lot of folks, people rather were looking for some clarity from, and I'm not so sure that the legislation that the government's passed here is actually helping or hurting this. I suggest it's the, uh, the latter, not the former. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.